the Daily Rios for Tuesday, July 21st. It's a Timeline Tuesday. I mentioned this last week about wanting to continue taking a look at comic book anniversaries and important events, mostly as a way to just talk about various comics or titles or characters that maybe don't warrant a fuller episode, but also to maybe kick up some discussion in case anything here interests listeners, uh, especially if you maybe have forgotten about certain things or you don't realize so much time has passed since this comic or that title. And maybe this is a way to say, hey, I've never read that. I should really check it out. Or it's already sitting in your collection, just waiting to be read, just calling out, saying, please read me, read me. This happened today, actually. Uh, Chris Beckett uh, longtime CGS and, and Daily Rios listener, as uh, a writer in Maine. Uh, his website is warrior27.net. And uh, I think I met him in SPX maybe earlier, but uh, I'm not sure if that's the only place that I've met him. Anyway, he talked about reading Jim Starlin's Gilgamesh 2, four-issue prestige DC miniseries from the 80s. It was just a casual mention that he read it and that it had held up over the over time. And I wrote back and said, yep, that's in my collection and has been for many years unread. I don't know if you remember, do you remember Gilgamesh 2? It had that ad where there was something wrong with a spaceship. So they decide to send off uh, two pods and, and inside each of those pods, is someone who would help parent the next generation of super beings or whatever it is. And then it says, um, but two things were wrong. The planet that they sent the pods to was inhabited, and they sent the wrong pods. And it's kind of an interesting house ad back in the 80s. So anyway, yeah, lots of stuff that I'm sure goes unread, which I think I'll even mention here in this episode today. Um, if you've never heard a Timeline Tuesday episode before... It's just basically me taking a look at the anniversaries of a particular month. And I don't mean shipping dates, cover dates. I'm sorry, I don't mean cover dates. I mean actual ship dates when these comics uh, hit stands as close to my research uh, you know, provides. Uh, sometimes it's me just looking at the books that I purchased you know, 10 years ago, 25 years ago, um, going online in various sources. Um, so this is taking a look at the month of July, today's episode, and seeing what came out 10 years ago, 25 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, I couldn't find anything for 75 years ago. Not, not that there wasn't anything. It just, I don't know, maybe, maybe I didn't dig deep enough or wasn't, just wasn't that interesting, um, of the stuff that I did find. So a lot of these posts are already on the Daily Rios website under Timeline Tuesday, under that tag, both as visual and as podcasts. I did them. Um, I was just doing doing blog posts of Timeline Tuesday when I wasn't podcasting. But so, uh, yeah, it's a fun. Like I said, it's a fun little way to go through comics history month by month, year by year. So, let's jump in. Uh, this would be ten years ago, July two thousand five. We are right in the middle in DC Comics, of the build-up towards Infinite Crisis number 1. And this month of July was a major turning point with the Sacrifice story. This crossed over in all of the Superman books and in Wonder Woman. It was Action Comics 829, Adventures of Superman 642, 
Superman 219 and Wonder Woman 219. And it all led to the death of Maxwell Lord at the hands of Wonder Woman because he was controlling Superman and Superman was going around and beating everybody up. Now, the reason it was so major was because we knew the storyline was coming. We knew we saw some covers previously to this and Superman was battling Brainiac, Darkseid, someone else on these covers. And it felt as if it was some kind of assault by all these villains and Superman was doing his best to contain it all. Then you find out it's the flip and it's not Superman that's going on. It's not these villains that are going on the rampage. It's Superman and Wonder Woman has to stop him. Uh, He had beaten up Batman at this point and she realizes it's Max Lord who can control people, and she snaps his neck. So it was a really interesting twist of what we thought was going to happen. And at this time, you know, you got a lot of information online from previews. I I certainly thought this was going to go one way, and it went a completely other way. So that happened, and it escalated the rift between the Trinity and really just built towards what was going on with DC the DC universe and what would happen afterwards. It was really a great time to be a DC fan. I can remember hitting conventions in 2004 and 2005, and there was major excitement about what was going on and the potential of these stories, especially since they were built on the foundation of what had come before, even the decade before. And this was DC's way of trying to make sense of it all and, and go in a new direction. Um, I, I'm looking forward to reaching this time in my great DC reread. I'm starting at the year 1998, and uh, I'm, on, I'm at the end of year 1999. And I'm doing this because this is when Dan DiDio and Jeff Johns really started to come to the forefront of the DC universe. And I want to see how it all shaped up. And plus, I'm reading stuff that I haven't read. Like, I'm reading Stars and Stripe, which I've never read before. Mixed in with um, the JSA title, which I had read before. Um, and then, you know, soon I'll get to a lot of Jeff uh, Jeff Loeb Superman run, which I've never really read all of it. And uh, some Legion of Superhero stuff. And so it's a, it'll be an interesting journey as I, as I do this. So I look forward to reaching 2005. Also 10 years ago, within DC and within all of this mix, came JSA Classified Number 1, which focused on Power Girl and would eventually put her on a path to restore her origins. And this was written by Jeff Johns and drawn by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti and would connect with the original Crisis and would connect with Infinite Crisis and all of that. Also 10 years ago, All-Star Batman and Robin number one. Never read that title, but that came out in July of 2005. Green Lantern, the series after Green Lantern Rebirth, was up to issue three. This is Jeff Johns and Carlos Pacheco. Uh, obviously, this would be a major title for DC back then, and it was DC and Dan DiDio's way of making the Green Lantern franchise the fourth corner of the DC universe. So taking it away from eternity and making it into uh, a square. I don't know. <laughs> um, and all of this would lead to Sinestro Core War, Blackest Night, of the the Green Lantern flop of a movie, and, and so forth. Ten years ago, does anybody remember Freshman, the comic Fresh, Freshman from Top Cow? 
The first issue hit stands. It was co-created by Seth Green. It was written by Hugh Sturber Sturbakov, and penciler was Leonard Kirk. A bunch of college kids got powers, except for one of them, and they were all silly powers, you know, or, or uh, of the sort. Um, somebody could, in somebody could take you over by burping on you, I think. And there was a squirrel character. Um, it was, uh, you know, based off Seth Green and his friends, most likely. And there is still a website. I actually looked it up. You can go to freshmancomic.com, and it's still there and still working. And then the last thing I saw for 10 years ago, Defenders number 1, the Justice League international team of Keith Giffen, J.M. DeMatteis, and Kevin McGuire with uh, editor Andy Schmidt. Proof that Andy Schmidt was a big Giffen fan and, and knew what he was doing when he was at Marvel. He gathered up this team, and they uh, did what they did to Justice League. They did to the Defenders, and it was fun and silly and irreverent, and I really, really dug it. So it wasn't long. I don't know if it was four issues, six issues, or something like that. So Defenders number one 10 years ago. Let's go to 25 years ago. This is July 19. 90. We have Animal Man 27 with DC Comics. Still not at Vertigo just yet. And Animal Man 27 starts the short Peter Milligan run on the series after the first 26 issues by Grant Morrison. I've never read the aftermath of the Morrison run, but there are four trade paperbacks so far that DC has collected all of the stuff post-Morrison, which is great. So they're getting the stuff out there. Um, I've always wanted to read it, but um, I just never, I just never did. So that was uh, 25 years ago in July. Also, 25 years ago, Starman 26. Now this is the Will Payton run, written by Roger Stern, and it's a series I'm slowly getting completed. I haven't read it, but this issue I had in my collection way before I had any of the other issues. It's the first appearance of the David Knight Starman. David being the son of the Golden Age Starman and the older brother to Jack Knight, who wasn't around yet. So if you know James Robinson's series, this issue and the next one, issue 27, is a prologue and features a character, David Knight, that existed prior to James Robinson's run. Um, we wouldn't get that run and we wouldn't see David Knight for another four years out of Zero Hour. But uh, Starman 26 and then eventually Starman 27, if you're a Starman completist, a Jack Knight completist, um, you need these issues. You know, I, I, They don't necessarily speak to the, the James Robinson run, obviously, but it's a nice little prologue. DC was also doing another round of Who's Who, but in the deluxe format, the Loose Leaf series, which wasn't always big on in information, but I, I enjoyed a lot of the artwork, so... Um, I have all, all of those issues. Um, Uncanny X-Men 268, ten, uh, 25 years ago, was the Cap Wolverine story set in war, World War II, Cap being Captain America, where they rescue a baby Black Widow. So it was apparently the first time they met, even though Black Widow was a baby. And uh, here's a biggie, Thanos Quest number one of two issues. ThanoQuest being by Jim Starlin and Rom Lim. This is where Thanos went up against the Elder Gods for the Infinity Gems. He had learned the truth behind them, and of course it has everything to do with his love of death 
this all spins out of Silver Surfer, and eventually a year later would lead into the Infinity Gauntlet event. So 25 years ago, Thanos Quest, Thanos Quest number one, all being really, really relevant. Jim Starling, Starlin is uh, doing, I guess they just solicited the third of his original graphic novels. I believe it's with Ron Lim as well. Um, I haven't read the first two. Some of the later Jim Starlin Thanos stuff doesn't really set me on fire, but um, I'm certainly curious to read Thanos Quest. And here we go, 50 years ago, this is the biggie, July 1965, saw the release of Fantastic Four Annual 3, which is the wedding of Reed and Sue. It's also apparently the first modern appearance of Patsy Walker. Never read this issue. I have not. I think I've probably read two issues of the Stanley Jack Kirby Fantastic Four run, which is really atrocious. Um, it's something I do want to correct. I, I want to read it as the birthplace of the modern Marvel Universe. Um, we have Strange Adventures 180, which is the first appearance of Animal Man. Speaking of Animal Man, uh, it's really the first appearance of Buddy Baker and his girlfriend at the time, Ellen, and his friend Roger. It was written by Dave Wood, penciler Carmine Infantino, inker was George Rousseau. It's the first appearance of Buddy Baker and his powers, but it would take another 10 years for the character to take on the name of Animal Man fully. I think it may have been in the titles. Um, and then, you know, in those 10 years, he would eventually gain a costume. So 50 years ago, July of uh, 1965, first appearance of Animal Man. So that's cool. Also 50 years ago, we have Aquaman 23, the birth of his son, Aqua Baby, as they would call it. Uh, Flash 155, apparently this is the first time that the Rogues team all teamed up uh, in a large grouping under Gorilla Grodd. So um, I don't, uh, I've confirmed it in a couple places, but it seems to be true. <laughs> uh, Mystery in Space 102. After 50 issues or so, this is the final Adam Strange issue, and from here he would, uh, I guess you could say he would turn into more of a guest star as opposed to a feature character. He would show up in Strange Adventures and Justice League, Justice League of America. He would take some years off, um, show up in Hawkman and, and other places. I guess by this time, if you think about it, in 1965, this was the era of the superheroes, so the era of space heroes was coming to a close. Um, and then Mystery in Space 103, the next issue, would feature the first appearance of Ultra, the multi-alien, which I am fairly certain is one of Murd's favorite characters, or a character that he appreciates. And lastly, 50 years ago, 1965, uh, we have Jules Pfeffer writing The Great Comic Book Heroes, which is widely acknowledged to be the first book to analyze comics in a critical manner. Um, uh, Jules Pfeffer, or Pfeiffer, he began as an assistant to Will Eisner, and he worked on The Spirit, and he would create his own strips and newspapers and for The Village Voice for 42 years. Uh, some of his, one of his works was, was the basis for the Apple Tree musical. Um, he won a Pulitzer, and, uh, you know, he's just someone that as I, as, I, as I kept reading, I kept wondering why his name wasn't known to me in a broader manner. So um, that's kind of interesting. 50 years ago, The Great Comic Book Heroes. Um, I know that book is, it's in, I think there's a way to get it now. I mean, I think it's probably still being printed. Um, 
but if you've never read it, check that out. That sounds to be, I think it's just cool because of its historical nature. It would really be interesting to read that, especially off of the Frederick Wortham years. And, um, you know, we're just getting into the Marvel universe and, and the DC universe has just had a resurgence. And what, what did he think about comics at that time? And what did he think, what was going on, especially after World War II? And how did he, how was comics, how were they framed in, um, you know, pop culture of the time. So I really want to get my hands on that book. So there you go. There's your timeline Tuesday for today. If there's anything I missed or anything you think, um, you know, deserves to get a shout out within those, within that time period of, uh, 10, 25 and 50 years ago, if you know anything 75 years ago, let me know in the comments, or you, you can go to the website, thedailyreels.com and leave a comment. And you can also email me, Peter at thedailyreels.com. Uh, we'll keep doing this. I, I always like doing uh, Timeline Tuesday. I always like to try to hit it early in the month so that any, you know we can celebrate certain anniversaries. It's kind of fun. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.